her being on the verge of tears for the first however long it's just kind of like okay ellen page is ellen paging it up it gets better at the end but like she doesn't have a lot to do and yeah we should podcast because i have to go get a car Uh, i guess okay all right Uh, apparently i'm gonna do it today hello and welcome to the watcher's guide to the marvel universe the only show that my dad says hey you still doing that and uh i am max and i am jr how's it going it's going um not a lot of news life news just we actually got off our ass and uh got our car fixed and it's on the other side of a mountain and i get to go get it after we're done here cool yeah no i hate going to that side of the mountain like i need to stay if i could stay in between the rivers of this city for everything that would be Mm -hmm. best because once you try to go over any of the rivers it's a complete pain in the ass all right Mm -hmm. and yourself just you know keeping on Keeping on. I don't know. Gonna be a father yourself, or already a father. Gonna have a Father's Day tomorrow. Yeah, it, it is. It is a Father's Day. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird day for me because my dad uh, was a piece of shit. Uh, like I saw I saw a thing where it was like if your dad showed up and he'd killed someone, would you call the police or? Uh, help him hide the body and it's like not only would I call the police but I would record him talking about the murder so that like they have more to have more to work with wall with Uh, like yeah so it's like on the one hand it's like yay I'm a dad on the other hand uh, Eh, so just don't do any of that like you've got to clear what not to do in your head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, it it's not always that easy. Not you know, right. you get locked into patterns and then it's yeah. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Cuz this news. is not the uh this, this is, is not the, the place psychoan- to psychoanalyze me. Yeah. Uh So news. Uh let's see. First of all, Marvel Land. Um now that Star Wars Land is open and uh, everything, Disney, not content to rest on their laurels, is going to be doing Marvel Land as well. So Why not have most of the money when we could have all of the money? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, well. Whatever. We did this to ourselves. <laughs> I mean, at at a certain point, you know, the economy is just going to be Disney. It'll we'll all work for them. We'll all go to them for everything we need. I mean, it will be Disney branded water, Disney branded food cubes. You think there will still be water? Wow, I'm real optimistic. That's a utopia, bro. Well, at one point they're going to have to figure out how to speed up that reverse osmosis and start turning the salt water into otherwise how can they make more money if we all die yeah now they'll uh they'll monetize our corpses somehow uh anyway uh, we gotta have gold uh, in us somewhere (laughs) (laughs) uh 
Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, Marvel teased something called the Ultron Agenda. If you're if you've not been following the more recent stuff, uh, Hank Pym has bonded to Ultron. Right. Uh, they're now a single entity, ostensibly, um, and the teaser image has him fighting Iron Man. So, yeah. I uh, I hope it's not as disappointing as the uh, Age of Ultron comics were, because that was pretty shitty. Uh, anyway, um, Marvel 1000 had a uh, bit of an issue uh, that I, fa- I found kind of funny. So, Marvel 1000 will have variants, because Marvel can't release a memo unless it has 15 variant covers. Uh... And on one of them, they had a they had a di- they had a guy. I think it was a man, do a collage of various moments in Marvel history. And uh, however it happened, it wound up that an image of Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, kissing his partner in DC's Earth Two, wound up on the cover. Um, Marvel has now fixed it and replaced it with North Star kissing his husband at their wedding. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was intentional on this guy's part, an accident, what. Uh, I can't see it being intentional. I like that's I just, don't. That's a weird see... thing to do on purpose. You know. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. Um, I'm just saying I have not looked into it enough to be able to say whether or not, you know, I mean, it only occurred to me that it might be intentional a minute ago (laughs) and I don't know, but you know, whatever. Uh, And then lastly, Marvel really Marvel tweeted a, an image that was a bunch of redacted documents um, mentioning the X-Men and various other things. Um, and it seems as though, so then later in the same day, it was announced that they were going to be doing this series weapon plus, which is, uh, cap and Wolverine. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't read Grant Morrison's run on new X-Men in that, it was revealed that, the Weapon X program was a continuation of Project Rebirth, uh, that Cap was Weapon, that Weapon X was actually Weapon 10, um, Weapon 1 was Cap, and that various characters from, like, Nuke, uh, was one of the weapons, stuff like that. Uh, and so this is going to be Cap and Wolverine, finding the truth about the weapon plus program. So, huh? Yeah. Okay. I can't remember if I liked that. I know I'm pretty sure I read that Grant Morrison run you were talking about. Well, I, and I'm trying desperately not to just like discount it in my head. So I'm, I'm trying to be fair. I thought it was an interesting reveal. Um, 
So, yeah. I mean, Phantom X shows up and he's Weapon 13. And then right. blah, 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 blah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for one thing, I think how you feel about that storyline in the first place depends on how you feel about Grant Morrison. Um, personally, when I first read New X-Men, I didn't like Grant Morrison. And so I hated everything in that run, basically, with the exception of this one thing. And so, you know, whatever. I remember but. Phantom X was weird as hell. Is. He is. Uh, everything about him is phony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've... I've I didn't really like Phantom X and New X-Men. Um, I liked him more in other things since then. Uh, but didn't Spurrier write something with him in it? Uh, anyway. I'm not sure. I'm going anyway. to... I'll research that. You go. <laughs> what We had one last thing, I thought? Uh, no, that was everything. Okay. Um, so... Uh, comics. Comics. Amazing Spider-Man, number 149, is uh, written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Ross Andrew, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Annette Kowacki. Um So at the end of the last issue, the Jackal revealed um, that he is, in fact, Dr. Miles Warren. Um he uh, he knocks out Spider-Man and takes them takes he and Ned Leeds to uh, his his underground lair um, and we find out what the deal is with him. I mean, what specifically led to all of this? And um, and it's not creepy or gross at all. Yeah, like yeah. Um, <laughs> They don't so, do a good job of making this not weird. Like, they're desperately trying, the writers. In the, I, I honestly don't even know if they're trying. Like, I think I, their word choice is them... Because if it were him, I feel like he would just be like, Nah, dude, I thought she was hot and I was into her. And she's intriguing I, see, and, like, I don't know. But, like... If I I think I think the fact because he he says I I had seen her and I grew to ellipsis admire her. Um, I feel I feel like that's Warren trying to hide the fact that he was full blown like in love, lusting after her lusting, initially, yeah. and then convinced himself he was in love with her. Right. Um, but trying trying to dress it up like it was just like this is just a girl that uh I thought was incredibly special and you murdered her when in fact he was just like jerking it to the thought of her like all the time Ugh. um anyway so yeah he takes her to her, his lair Spider-Man get breaks out they have a bit of a like it's not even really a fight um because Jackal scratches him a couple of more times, which puts him more poison in his brain, and then he hits him with a table. Uh, yeah. I will say we do find out 
So, what actually caused... So, he, oh, had, taken, yeah. he had taken these DNA samples... Um, to Serba. And Serba, his assistant, was like, we successfully cloned a frog, this is great! And... At that point, Warren was like, "Take these samples and do go the do same it again." Thing. Uh, Serba did not realize they were human, and when he found out, he came to Warren and was like, "We need to destroy these." Serba's uh, a bad point, scientist. Like, well, <laughs> like that's a bad geneticist to not be able to look at him and just go, "Hey, boss, these are fucking human." <laughs> like, well, yeah, like that's day yeah. one geneticist stuff. <laughs> I mean, to his credit, he's at least ethical. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. But, you know, he comes in and he's like, we've got to destroy them. At which point, Warren kills him. Yep. Um, and he then, this ostensibly creates a split in his psyche. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, so there's the Jackal and there's Miles Warren, blah, 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 whatever, who cares? Um so yeah, he he uh, cloned Gwen, and so on and so forth. And uh, as we will find out, she wasn't the only one. Um, but so uh, Peter Peter manages to get away, or no, the he fights the jackal, but the jackal escapes. Um, everybody's worried because Ned is still missing. Um, Peter comes in and he's like, I, uh, Jonah, Jonah confronts him and is like, where the hell is Ned? You were the last one seen with him. And he's like, I haven't talked to Ned in like a week. What are you talking about? Um, so he heads out, uh, and heads to Shea Stadium, uh, where he finds the Jackal, and he gets knocked out again. And when he wakes up... um, This is really damn weird, okay? Wait a minute. He When he woke up in the lair, Uh he was laying next to Ned. Uh Jackal didn't take Ned when he left. Yeah, I know. So is that an inconsistency? or I don't know. Because Okay, this is the only thing about this story that I hate. Okay, so when he wakes up in Shea Stadium... When he wakes up in Shea Stadium, he finds uh, that, first of all, Ned has been tied up, and uh, there's a bomb. Um, but first, he wakes up alongside himself and they're both confused as hell they're both saying they're the real spider-man uh and they start to tussle over it which you know i i feel like if you meet a clone of yourself or a duplicate whatever the case may be time travel fuckery whatever um if it's exactly the same as you we're not talking like alternate universe version who's lived a different life. If it's you, there's no point in talking because 
It's just going to be you talking to yourself. And one of two things is going to happen. Either you're just going to agree about everything or you're going to find out how much of an asshole you actually are. Um, if you, if you try to fight, you're going to be too evenly matched and know exactly what the other person is going to do. Uh, so that just leaves fucking, but well, sure. But also I, this is the worst heroes fighting heroes because like they seriously shouldn't be fighting. They should, yeah. they should yeah. be go. They should both be like, okay, you're weird. I'm going to go save Ned. Like there's yeah. no reason for them to be like, no, I want to save Ned. Cause I'm the real Spider-Man. It should be okay. You're closer. Like whatever. Yeah. One of us is gonna. You're shooting webs and you're acting and you jump around just like I can. Go get him. I'll go get the other guy. Like this is not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. The only the only explanation I can come up with is that um, each Peter thinks the other is lying, and that allowing him to get closer to Ned would somehow further the Jackal's plans, but there's no indication of that. Okay. There's nothing yeah, to suggest that's that. the case. Yeah. Um, so they just fight and then they realize, Oh wait, what? Um, thank when? God for clone Gwen to actually save the day. Yeah. Clone Gwen snaps out of whatever. And she's like, you're going to, you're going to kill that man. Like, oh my God. And so she starts, uh, she starts just laying into him and, uh, Jackal, this kind of snaps Jackal out of it. Um, and I say, this is why I say, uh, ostensibly they're different personalities is because, there's no part of this that doesn't in some way fit into the Jackal's long range plans, probably. So I could totally see him being like, Oh, I'm Miles Warren. Oh, I'm the Jackal. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just an asshole. Um, but, uh, so he ostensibly snaps out of it and tries to, tries to save Ned, which he succeeds in freeing Ned from his, from being tied up. Uh, but the bomb goes off and kills him. Um, at which point, uh, one of the Spider-Men is crushed by rubble, uh, seemingly killing him. Um, at the end of this, we, we have Gwen, the Gwen clone and Spider-Man standing at Gwen's grave, um, and, uh, she's like, you know, I can't ever really know you the way the original Gwen did. Uh, so maybe it's best if I leave and cool. Great. <laughs> like, uh, so I, I was operating under the, my entire like until I read this, I was operating under the misconception that Gwen stayed dead. Um, like she was one of the only Marvel Comics characters that just stayed dead in six one six at least. And mm-hmm. uh, so, when does this Gwen come back? 
because I clearly I was wrong. This Gwen comes back during the Clone Saga, okay. I believe. All right. Or, well, a Gwen comes back. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, um, that... Whatever. Uh, Peter goes... Epilogue 2 is Peter goes back to his apartment. Um, Mary Jane's is in, in his apartment. They definitely have some... Oh, yeah. They, oh, they yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um, um, the one the one problem that I have with this is that... It doesn't feel in, earned. In this and the next issue... <laughs> Gesundheit. Uh, Peter is... Peter is, like, really certain about Mary Jane. But then, during the scene with Gwen, she's like, it's better if I leave. And he's just like, well, but wait, we could... And she's like, no, I gotta go. Yeah. And so... What is it there, bud? Pick one. Well, it it just kind of feels like... Uh, his certainty in the next issue belies the fact that in this issue she comes across as a bit of a silver medal but yeah like she he goes back and finds Mary Jane and he's like yeah alright but only because clone Gwen said no and I that really sucks because yeah anyway it does um, um i don't know that i read it that way i feel like he gets back to the apartment and is like because he says it's got to be her and then he knows that it's mary jane when he opens the door so mm-hmm. i don't know I, I'm, I'm, this I'm is saying, the relationship I'm not that I'm the most invested re- in in all of these comics. Like, and I did not see that one coming either. Like, of the things we didn't see coming, Thor is awesome. Like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, actually understanding why people give so much of a shit about this relationship, I really kind of was because honestly, like when I started reading comics, it was way too late. So it was just like it was an established. Mary Jane, Peter Parker, this is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then Brand New Day happened, and... Ugh. Um, but, like, I didn't really see being as invested in this relationship as I am. Um, mm-hmm. I really... It's the one that I care about the most. A- after after Gwen died, right? Yeah. Because the Gwen-Peter relationship was really fucking good. Yeah. Like, I did not think I was going to be as invested in those two relationships with Peter Parker as I am. Um, yeah. And it's it's really, really well written, and I don't know, like... Because they weren't writing the romance. Marvel wasn't doing the romance comics anymore, were they, at this point? If they were, it was token. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'd have to... I thought a lot I'd of I'd have romance, to look it up and find out. I thought a lot of the romance comics ended up getting kiboshed with the comics with the cca they did uh like a lot of them a lot of them were phased out i mean we've got patsy walker this week right being full-blown superhero uh so you know but uh yeah my 
my major thing is so in the last scene in the last epilogue it's clear that he's very certain about mary jane right um and in the next issue it's very clear that he's certain about mary jane it's just in you know in that one for in that first epilogue it doesn't make that first epilogue doesn't track with that is all i'm saying okay um anyway so amazing spider-man uh number 150 is uh written by archie goodwin penciled by gil kane inked by mike esposito uh and frank giacoya colored by petra goldberg and lettered by joe rosen uh other than the beginning of this this feels like kind of it's a real filler filler yeah um Um, the main thrust of this issue is that he's not sure that he's mm -hmm. not the clone um and decides to because he can't really go to a doctor like i guess i don't know how but ned figured out that gwen the gwen clone was the clone was the clone by taking her to an md and since he's spider-man he can't really do that so he goes to doc connor's labs one of them because connor's just has labs Mm -hmm. everywhere um and Doc Connor has Doc Connors has labs like Bruce Wayne has bat suits just hidden throughout the city. <laughs> yeah. um, and he goes to one of these labs uh, and starts trying to sequence his own genome or something. I don't know. Find out if he's one of the clones. Connors is like, oh, Connors actually shows up, happens to be there. He sort of gives him the rundown and says, and Connors is like, oh, cool, we can do this. It's going to take forever and we really need to be careful but we can do this and spider-man's like all right cool so they do some of the tests and then he's like i'm gonna go connor's goes you need a nap just (laughs) go here hang out on the couch uh he starts to doze when vultures outside just calling him out like an asshole uh they go out and fight uh once he beats vulture the vulture explodes like he was some kind of weird robot this continues for some time. Um, Sandman shows up. They have a fight. Sandman. Once Sandman's beat, he disintegrates. Uh, same with Kingpin, but now... Same, same with Kingpin. But now, at this point, Spider-Man is fucked. Like, he's weak. He's had the shit kicked out of him. He was already weak from the tests. Um, we're in an alley, and hooray, one of the Spider Slayer, Spider Slayer robots shows up out of nowhere and is like, it was me the whole time, Professor Smythe. And Spider-Man's like, oh no, you're an yeah. asshole. I hate you. Go away. He gets him in a steel tentacle, and Spider-Man decides he's actually Spider-Man. Well, so he tries it's, to use the webbing to like cover up the uh, the observation dome, and, but he's out. Uh, he's completely out, and so Smythe has him, and he's fucked. But then, like, he thinks about Mary Jane, right. and this is what you he's were talking like, about. Yeah, this is I need to live because Mary Jane and he breaks out uh, 
while realizing that a clone would have his memories up to a certain point, but the certainty he feels about Mary Jane means he's the original because the clone would still be conflicted. And I'm just like, I don't know if that holds up, bro. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like the timing was supposed to be like we learned from the, my thing is, I don't think this plays by the rules that it was mm-hmm. set up with, with mm-hmm. the, the original clone rules we were told or the only clone rules we were told was that the memories are contained up until the sample is taken, which is why Gwen and Peter had their samples taken at the same time, which is why Gwen thinks they're still real lovey-dovey and she doesn't remember her own death. Because Peter would have, this, that Peter would have still been in love with Gwen. And maybe only had like, beginnings of feelings with mary jane i don't know at this point in time yo i'm inclined to say that the sample from peter would have had to have been much more recent because if it weren't then i mean for his plan to work jackal would have wanted as fresh a clone as he could get with as many complete memories as he could if if he were able to, I would almost say that at one of the points in the last issue that Peter was out, it would make more sense for Jackal to grab a sample then and clone him, provided that he was able to do it fast enough. Yeah, I was going to say, but, we don't know what the, what the gestation period on the cloning was. Right. Um, now, Jackal later on is like, a master at this shit. So he's wow. able to knock him out in pretty short order. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So anyway, yeah, whatever. Um, so he stops Smythe, but he's like, Hey, thanks for helping me figure some shit out. He goes back to Connor's lab. Connor's is asleep, but the lab report is finished. Peter takes it and just, like, tosses it. Like, he's just like, I don't give a shit. I know who I am, and that's that. Which is really gonna come back to bite him in the ass in 20 years' time. Well, but also, Uh, like, this is just bad data, like, management, asshole. You just threw a bunch of your own genetic personal information into the street. Like, what? I mean, ugh. Yeah. Kids at home. Don't don't do this. Like <laughs> I'm so I'm so paranoid that I, if I get like those credit card uh, applications in the mail, I shred those. I make sure those go away. Uh, yeah. Don't don't do this. Okay, moving on because I want to get through at least three books in an hour. Yeah, uh, Marvel. Honestly, Marvel team up. We can kind of speed through because it's a bit. It's whatever. a bit. What? Yeah, uh, Marvel Team Up number 36 is written by pa- uh, Jerry Conway, penciled by Sal Bashima, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Al Wenzel, and lettered by Charlotte Jetter. Uh, Spider-Man is deals with some crooks and is knocked unconscious. He wakes up to find himself in Europe um, <laughs> next to Frankenstein. Uh, then this 
crazy dude shows up and he's like, I am Ludwig von Stupf, the monster maker. And uh, his plan is to use Spider-Man and Frankenstein to uh, create an army of monsters. The this issue these issues are a perfect example of why marvel team up has to star spider-man is a problem uh yeah because they they break free and they're in the mountains and they find a woman uh who's being attacked by von stupf's men uh they save her at which point they knock her out but it's okay because it turns out she's a shield agent uh they agree to go to stupf's castle Spider-Man and the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent are like, you hang back, Frankenstein, because you're not exactly stealthy. Uh, so they leave. Frankenstein then just walks into the castle. Well, um, no, I mean, he's not. A, I actually like this version of Frankenstein, of the monster, because he isn't a completely mindless thing. Like he was right. when he showed up. He was kind of this. He was kind of a completely mindless thing when he showed up in um avengers mm-hmm. uh but here he's like a he almost feels like he's got his feelings hurt when they're like you're not exactly stealthy so he does you chill yeah yeah he straight got his feelings hurt and also he's like you know what that i might not be as quick as them but i guarantee you they're gonna need me so yeah. i'll I'll get there when I get there. They'll probably have a shitload of stuff cleaned up by the time I get there anyway. And uh, he's right. So, yeah. yay for the monster. Yeah, but he uh, he walks in and uh, Von Stupf is unleashing the man-wolf on Spider-Man and the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Uh, has a name, but I don't remember it. Clemmer. Clemmer. Yeah, Judith Clemmer. There you go. Uh, Marvel so then, Mar- number 37 is uh, colored by Phil Rachelson and lettered by Karen Mantlow. The plan now is they don't need the Frankenstein monster because they're going to use Man Wolf and Spider Man. And again, like Spider Man's presence here is really kind of just feels like it's his book and so he has to be um but yeah it would have been much cooler if the monster maker as is in his name was going to take the monster and man wolf <laughs> and blend them together and find out what the fuck happened like that's not exactly a story i want to read but it would have been more in his mo yeah and you could even have uh val or uh one of the other shield agents that we know about like doing the infiltration and all that stuff like that would have been maybe a way in um i don't know i yeah i mean the story's so fucking franken frankenstein versus a wolfman is already worth the the price of admission here like all right yeah spider-man is just kind of superfluous and the other problem is like uh the problem when they do stuff like this is they'll do one issue in which it's spider-man and frankenstein and then the next issue frankenstein's 
fucking dropped in favor of man wolf on the cover and it's just kind of like you know uh, they're not really teaming up so much but anyway man wolf grabs the agent clemmer and escapes um spider-man and frankenstein get knocked out and yes i know it's frankenstein's monster leave me the fuck alone it's just quicker uh frankenstein gets knocked out um Besides, his name is technically Adam von Frankenstein. So, uh, anyway, so they wake up and he's getting ready to dissect them and then just find out what makes them special, which, all right. Um, and his plan yeah, now von Stuck is to is, use... He's very back and forth. He's a wishy-washy mad scientist and I can't... I don't appreciate it because yeah. it's like, well, all right, the man wolf's gone. You two assholes are still here. Back to the original plan. I mean, like, well, adaptation is important sure. in, in an administrator. Uh, but like, come on, man. Um, so man wolf fends off some wolves from attacking Clemmer. Then she like indicates that she's hungry um, which somehow Manwolf understands and doesn't think she's offering to blow him. Uh, she, Manwolf has never expressed this level of intelligence before. Yeah, it's because it's Manwolf really... was really ready to rip open his actual fiance. Yeah, in the last time we saw him, and her now admittedly he's appeared in other books in the interim. Apparently, oh yeah, they they but... said that, but we're not reading any of the monster stuff. Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, we basically read one issue of Werewolf by Night and one, one of Tomb two, of Dracula. Two of Tomb of Dracula. One of two of whatever Blade's first appearance was in. That was Tomb of Dracula. Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, so he, he goes running off to find her food and she runs. Uh, Spider-Man and Frankenstein break out. Uh, Spider-Man goes after Man-Wolf and Frankenstein is left to watch uh, the scientist. He finds Man-Wolf. They fight. Um, Judith is then attacked by wolves. Man-Wolf deals with them again but is badly injured and falls off a cliff. Uh, Spider-Man saves him so that like the snow and the webbing cushion his fall somewhat uh man wolf is taken into shield custody and then judith and spider-man stand there talking about how tough it must be to be a monster and know that you'll never never find love anywhere in the world and frankenstein <laughs> is listening in and he's just like man just fucking kick me in the balls next man, time and I'm he like, walks off i'm like right here okay, <laughs> yeah guys like i know we don't no, we don't know each other that well, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm right here. And yeah. he just turns around and wanders into the woods. Because at this point, what else should he do? <laughs> yeah. And He's so a Spider-Man, monster that will never know love. Spider-Man doesn't realize what happened until they're already on board the helicopter and flying away. And he's just like, you Ain't think that... maybe we shouldn't have said that? <laughs> He's like, ain't that right, Frankie? Frankie? Oh, shit. 
Uh, damn, no. he was right there. Even that gives him too much credit because he's like, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Okay, well, I guess we got to go. He can find his own way. Gets on the ship, buckles in, like orders yeah. his in-flight service and everything. And only as they're taking off and flying away, is he just like, I wonder if it's what we were talking about just then. <laughs> like... Ah, uh, fuck. Um, mm, I really liked the second issue of this. So, do we want to break now, or we can? Okay. I'm cool with it. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and take a break so that we can talk about Black Goliath and uh, be back in a moment. This is when I usually do my top five, so I wanted to make sure I got that done this break. <clears throat> but I had to piss. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so Black Goliath number four uh, is written by Chris Claremont. Penciled by Rich Buckler, inked by Don Heck, colored by Bonnie Wilford, and lettered by Annette Kwecki. Um It starts out with God. a fairly decent uh, stop the bank robbery kind of uh, sequence, wherein Goliath does a pretty neat trick of like shrinking down and, and growing again. Also, he moves a lot better, I feel like, than Clint ever did as yeah. goliath like he's faster he's a little more agile especially even as he's 20 feet tall um mm. and or 16 his max uh i think 15 is usually as tall as he can comfortably go um but and it ends yeah. with this guy one of the bank robbers has like this it's a it's a laser cutting torch in the form of a gun uh and you know he stops him bank robbery foiled uh good time had by all he goes back to the the kids the whiz kids uh one of which is still that redheaded douche um turns out tony is on the phone and really wants to talk to bill tony's like hey where's that box bill's like oh the box so boss uh the box is gone it's gone there was a bit of a thing and the box is gone and he's like oh that's not cool like at all maybe maybe if you can't hold on to a box like maybe you shouldn't be running my lab there and bill's like now hold on a minute and he's like nah no i'm pretty pissed click uh well so so here's the thing so He's like, you know, in my defense, we had no idea what was in the thing. And Tony's like, okay, well, that's fair. And so he starts, he starts talking about how he's like, so it begins with the work of a man named Al B. Harper, at which point he's cut off. Um, And it turns out this, this uh, pencil pusher. I don't know if he's like the liaison with the government or whatever. I forget. But he's like, 
uh, this is need to know and he's not need to know. And uh, so, yeah. So I will say we never find out because Black Goliath gets canceled with issue five. We do not find out in this series what it was, uh, but it's the null life bomb from Silver Surfer. Albie Harper was the was the I think that was the issue where it was like racism is bad, but also alien mom uh, because Al was black, as I recall. Oh, yeah. He uh, he gets like treated like shit by the white guys in town, but yeah. then he winds up saving everyone but dies in the process. Right. So the Null Life Bomb was created by the stranger and it's bad. And we don't find out what it is or what's in the box. What's in the box? Uh, Until Champions number 12, apparently. So we. Okay. um, Um, Back back in L.A., uh, Bill is pissed that he got hung up on, yelled at and hung up on. Um, understandably and he heads out to uh, check in on the bad oh no this this was all flashback wasn't it uh poop no it wasn't I don't remember Anyway, some for some reason he's at the police department. Uh, when, God, why? Why was he there? Because he was mad. And he wanted to go do superheroing. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he. That was what it was. <laughs> uh, um, so he's so he's in the police department, and a kid runs in and is like, "Holy shit! There's another bank robbery." Um. So. The sergeant, Goliath, and the kid, because no one here can do their job, uh, is all pile into a staff car and go. And it's like, why are you bringing the ten-year-old or the twelve-year-old with you? Like, what are you to the to the crimes? To the crimes, possibly with gunfire. What are you doing? You are supposed yeah. to be. A, a police officer, and B, a superhero. What are you doing? Uh, we get a cut to... They're on their way. We cut to uh, Jerry Washington and his girlfriend, Regina Claiborne, in a not-that-great apartment house. And Jerry's a junkie. And Regina wonders why the hell she's still with him. They get into a fight about the box because he picked up the box out of the rubble from the building and is intent on opening it. Yeah. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. They get into a fight. Uh, He hits her. Jerry's a bad guy. The box begins to glow. Meanwhile, (laughs) say what? Some more. Some more. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, the cops and Goliath and what's his name uh, arrive at the bank. Stiltman bursts out of the roof. We have a Stiltman fight. 
literally it's a who, stilt man fight. Yeah, literally who cares? Um I mean, we've got a guy who gets real big. We got to fight you got to fight stilt man at some point. Like that dems, <laughs> dems the rules. Uh It's in the contract. I think it must be. And yeah. he turns out Celia from uh banged you after I met you at the airport <laughs> the, the airport fire is in the bank and also the kid's aunt and uh, yeah his name is Keith Keith by the way and I liked Keith I don't I'm it's not nice of me I liked Keith um everybody everybody fights everybody finally Keith finally Stiltman's basically had enough and he's got this gun that he doesn't even know what he's gonna do apparently um blasts Black Goliath but Keith and Celia are in the splash they disappear like yep all of them are gone Stiltman (laughs) rampages like we never find out what the hell happens because in the next story we don't get back here to stop him. Yeah. <laughs> so I assume Stiltman won. <laughs> he just owns LA's banks now. Good for him. Yeah. He, man yeah. needs a win. So Black Goliath number five. Uh, Black Goliath number five is uh, penciled by Keith Pollard and inked by Keith. Keith. Penciled and inked by Keith Pollard and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Um, This is actually really the high point of the series so far, which sucks because it's the last issue. And I, I understand that Marvel looks at sales figures like that's it. And, uh, but you know, some, it's it's like with network television like they cancel a lot of things that are just beginning to hit their stride but the decision to cancel them had already been made so too bad um or there yeah. are shows like uh uh some shows know they're getting canceled like this is their last season i'm pretty sure farscape knew that this was their yeah. last season so they just were like fuck it throw everything at the wall uh, like all the crazy shit you wanted to do before that was a going to cost too much and B was way out there. Just go. And yeah. I kind of feel like with this issue, Claremont sort of knew, I feel like he knew he was getting canceled and he was just like, all right, cool. I get to do one more book. Awesome. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. And I'm going to take this miniature impromptu family and I'm going to put them on a in des- you know, desolate inhospitable planet and uh we're gonna survive and we're gonna Mm -hmm. we're gonna do that and it is pretty damn cool uh yeah so they wake up and we figure we find out that they've been transported across the universe to a planet called oh fuck (laughs) kriegar kriegar kurgar kurgar and uh, the story is being told in a, the personal logs of a Far Scout off, oh, Far Scout officer, D. Rath, Ath, D. Rathath, Machelan. Yep, yep, close enough. 
way too many consonants, not enough vowels. Uh, and so they land when they get there. The first thing they have to do is survive the windstorms and sandstorms. So Goliath that would have shredded them. Um, Goliath gets big and basically huddles through the sandstorm until he can get to relative safety. Um, yeah, and they all pass out so now one thing one thing i will say um i have complained about the guardians of the galaxy movies i was gonna bring this up i'm glad you did uh or maybe i'm irritated that you did and i didn't get to go ahead then so the they are found or wait is this what you were gonna do because they escavarians yeah they're found by an alien on the planet who is our DR Diath Rath. Durath. Durath. Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, so that's two things. <laughs> the first one is that we found out they're fine by an alien who wakes up Keith to try and like learn their language as fast as possible, but you don't really know what he's doing because he's just got tentacles on the side of Keith's head. And Keith wakes up, everybody wakes up, freaks out. Darath looks like he's got like three or four tentacles per arm instead of arms and yeah. uh, these weird ridges on the side of his head and like yeah needles for teeth um, which as soon as I read it I was like oh that's pretty cool that the Guardians movies really did pull that because in the Drax introduction scene he's like he goes something about slept with an Oscavarian to get information out of the Xandarian library. I think is what it was. And he's like, "Have you ever have you ever seen an Oscavarian? It's all tentacles and needles for teeth." And I was <laughs> like, "That's that's fucking great!" Like, yeah, I I love I love that they include this included this. And also, you're right. I just realized the giraffe is a is a name they use. Is it in one of the movies? Yeah, I I will give them credit. This there were some deep dives in uh, in uh, both of those movies. They just pulled weird shit from nowhere and were like, "Nope, this is a real thing." Because this because the Escavarians they are not prominent. They're not a big. This is the only appearance they have. Really? Okay. Like, Durath is the only Ascavarian you ever see, from what I can tell. I, ju- um, I was really impressed when I got here, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I thought they just made that shit up. Like, yeah. The fact that it was an actual pull is pretty fucking neat. Um, anyway, so Durath is like, hold on. Whoa, you got big. Oh shit! <laughs> and he's like trying to learn the language that he siphoned off of Keith's brainwaves as fast as possible. And he's like, and the other thing that I like is like he goes, "Hear me out, I beg of you. Your your speech is painful for me." And I, and it's that's like an interesting use of language because it's it's not you have 
as the reader you're like well is he saying that it's hard for him to do or like it literally hurts him to, to talk this way um, yeah either one is neat and and the fact that that's left up to the reader is interesting or is cool too uh so goliath chills and is like okay um you seem all right what are we doing like wh- what's what's the plan and yeah. Darath basically is like, okay, so here's how I got here. I'm a scout. Uh, my ship broke down. I've been here for a long time. Um, is that right? Yeah, and he talks about how the planet used to be the center of a of an empire uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, like such that it could rival the Kree, but uh, then they just. Uh, they fell millions of years ago. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. And Keith is just blown away. And everybody's like, wow, we're on an alien planet with an honest-to-God alien. And uh, he seems cool. Yeah, and, and not like a Star Trek alien where it's just like some dude with a little bit of shit on their forehead. No, no. Like an alien alien with like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it, it, i mean he almost looks like uh the tentacle aliens from independence day like if you if you yeah shrink it down i what i was what i was thinking as far as his arms was it kind of looks like Callisto after she gets the weird tentacle shit on the one side yes or whatever yeah was it both sides i forget but yeah she's he's got like tentacliness and then he's green with like yeah lizardy shit but yeah he's uh, he's he's humanoidish but not um and and, all of a sudden uh, everyone's like oh shit i'm cold and krieger's (laughs) like or and not darath is like oh yeah you will be hold on and he pulls out a machine and he just prints them suits uh yeah to ward off the weather and he uh so celia goes behind goes behind a ridge to change and she's beset by a uh, it's a it's a pokey tiger yeah it's 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 a porcupine tiger Uh, it's it's got horns down its back (laughs) yeah it looks like doomsday fucked a tiger uh yes um, and so, yeah, it's got bony outgrowths and stuff, but like, or horn, like spikes down its back. Uh, but it's a tiger. And Darath like, uh, vaporizes it with a gun that is designed to be used with his tentacles. And like, that kind of comes in later. Uh, they basically make a plan, which is get to this thing like a, an outcropping a get to a landmark that on Kierger that uh Darath had seen like this his whole deal was to get to this pyramid yeah this is where he was heading anyway yeah. but he's like if we get there i may be able to help get you home right um the brief so. worthless vignette uh back on earth uh jerry manages to get the box open and uh is immediately vaporized who knows literally who knows uh (laughs) our crew 
gets to uh, this giant pyramid that looks like it's put together by Tangrams. And it's really neat. Uh, Darath blasts it open. As he does so, uh, the guardian inside. I will. I will say there is a brief moment outside where uh, Keith is just like, "Big deal! It's a pyramid. We've got those on Earth." All right. And Darath is just like, "Really? Well, that's impressive." He's like, "This one actually goes down like a mile," <laughs> and uh, and Keith Keith at this point is just like, "Okay, that's actually way more impressive." <laughs> like. <laughs> You're right. That, uh-huh. is, that is really cool. Uh, inside a guardian, a big dude with an axe and a shield and mech legs uh, comes to life. And you know shit's going to get real. Uh, yeah. They turn on the lights and holy shit is this place cool. Like it's got science gizmos going everywhere. It's also it's like, kind of like the inside of Galactus's ship. It's like right. you walk in and it's like huge and full of shit. You don't know what it does. <laughs> and they set to work um, getting this alien technology that no one's ever seen before wriggled into a transporter pad. Yeah. Which, again, I, I think Celia and Keith are taking, not only are they taking this very well. For minds that should be destroyed by what's going on. Psyche's clipped. Uh, but they're also helping. Like, And yeah. it looks like they're they're doing a good job. Uh, maybe Darath's a real good teacher. Yeah. Or maybe, I, the, I, uh, maybe the mind meld goes two ways. <laughs> I like to think that it's just kind of a consequence of living in the Marvel Universe. That... You just have you just are able to take shit in stride. <laughs> there is because... no life insurance, and we've seen this shit before. <laughs> yeah, because it's once just aliens like aliens invade once. Well, alien, alien, aliens, like uh, aliens. Pff, whatever. We've seen fucking Galactus, and he ran. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty sure Satan was in Seattle last week. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's like this universe holds no real surprises anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I think the weirdest thing would be to be someone in the Marvel universe and wind up on a planet or in a universe that's completely normal. I think they'd yeah. have a harder time with that. Like it's just like wait a minute, wait 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 wait. No one here can fly. <laughs> No. No? That's weird. Like, Why would you say that? <laughs> Wait a you've minute. You've never seen aliens. No. A 50-foot-tall like, man has never showed up and threatened to devour your planet. No? What the fuck are you... <laughs> what kind of drugs do you have and are you sharing? No, I am not sharing. Anyway. Uh, Darath... There's also the possibility, I was just thinking, that uh, Darath is really doing all the work himself. And he's just essentially, you know, like those toys that you give toddlers that don't, that they've got levers and shit and you just move them around, but nothing's happening. There's a good possibility he set Keith and Celia and uh, Bill in front of some of that shit and was like, yep, good job, guys. No, no. If you could. uh, Busy work. Yeah. Busy work. Yeah. Uh, 
Bill and Celia sneak off for some alone times. And before they can get down to it, uh, they are yeah. beset by the Goliath or by the, the Guardian. <laughs> and uh, Darath jumps in the way of the blow and takes an axe to the back, and he is toasted. Which yep. sucks. Cause this yeah. and like this is one of the reasons like I really liked this story is because I had li- I liked Dorath a lot and he yeah. takes a hit for a hero that I'm still sort of on the fence on and this hero goes that's bullshit no and gets up and gets his ass kicked actually but he tries to kick the Everling shit out of this guardian immediately and I'm like yeah. all right Bill now I'm on to <clears throat> I'm on your side hell yeah let's do this. Um, eventually the guardian is taken down Bill does another some more of that uh, you know you think you got me yeah growing and shrinking and like you know maybe that's actually not so good for him but he keeps doing it anyway Um, Mm -hmm. Celia grabs Darath's blaster figures out how to hold it and shoot it and then is really able just to get the guardian's attention for a second like she distracts him uh bill beats the everloon crap out of it which i guess its name is mortag i forgot about that and that Who sounds cares? familiar too um in the end uh keith has a heartfelt moment like remembering D- Darath. Uh, they all get on the transporter after stealing his stuff. They get on the transporter and uh, head back home. I really liked this story a lot because it's yeah. I like the bonkers of it. Like you know, anytime we do anything of the galactic side and it gets fucking crazy, I'm in. But like, also, I liked all of these characters like a well, lot more. The bit, the big thing that i will say is uh the very end of this is uh the and i think when you were saying more tag might be something there's more ag from the oh, MCU. yeah yeah um the uh the thing that i will say is the very last thing in the issue is Keith making an entry in yes. Durath's uh, log mm-hmm. and he says that he's going to continue the log uh, so that if it is ever able to be returned to Durath's people uh, they will know how he died and why Yeah, and uh, it's just a, it's a really good ending yeah. and I read stuff like this, and then I look at like the stuff Chris Claremont has been doing in the last few years, and I just get angry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, like it—it it really is. After you know, you read this issue, and you're just like, man, if this issue—if this series had actually continued, who knows? Like, right? And like, the, like the beginning's really cool because like we don't waste time with bullshit, like too much bullshit. There, I think there's a one page of recap. Mm-hmm. after we're already in right like right. It, it lays out the way that the first 
act of the story is going to be con- is going to be narrated by the personal logs from Darath. So now we're introduced, and then we're introduced to Darath. Like we do all the survival shit. Um, then we get to the lab, and like then there's some it sort of changes tack. This is such a good story. Anyway, yeah, yeah. All right, I could gush all day. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one fifty-one. Written by Len Wein, penciled by Ross Andrew, inked by John Romita Sr., colored by Glynis Wein, and uh, lettered, shoot, by John Costanza. And this, this cover is, one, is really fucking cool. Yeah, it's it's one of those iconic covers. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of one of those situations of nice cover. Shame about the issue. Um, because it is, it's it's that it's one of those iconic uh, Spider-Man covers, even though the issue itself is kind of whatever. And uh, the cover is by John Romita, uh-huh. and it's this great shot. Spider-Man's in the sewers. Uh, there's rats in the foreground, and he is getting just bashed by water. Um, and struggling to stand up. And it's, I mean, it's great. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the issue starts with, it picks up at the end of issue 149, uh, with him taking the body, what he thinks is the body of his clone. Uh, he does not find out until way later the clone is still alive. And uh, dumps the body down a smokestack. Um, he feels his spider sense go off briefly, but uh, he he looks around, doesn't see anything, dismisses it. Um, he goes to school, um, and he and MJ and Flash are walking along. You know, there's talk of how much Flash has changed. Suddenly, they find Harry Osborn is back. Um, and he, he seems relatively okay. Uh, you know, (laughs) the question at this point is simply how long is that going to last? Um, but, uh, that night J Jonah Jameson is throwing a party, uh, to celebrate the engagement of Betty Brand and Ned Leeds. Um, you know, and it's, this whole thing is a is a an excuse to show how cheap Jonah is, um, but he's running around going, telling the bartender not to serve any, not to serve as much liquor, uh, telling some lady not to sit on something expensive, like you know, yeah. Uh, but suddenly the lights go out and uh, Peter goes out onto the patio. And uh, he's like, I should probably go and check this out because that's what Spider-Man does. He's not ju- he never is just like, uh, you know, everything is a call to action. But right. uh, he he webs up to this uh, police helicopter and then just starts stripping, um, <laughs> dropping all of his clothes. Um, and this is God. He gets up high enough and it turns out that the building, the places where the, uh, where the power is being cut 
are spelling out shocker. Um, so he, uh, which I don't really think of shocker as this kind of like self aggrandizing. Uh, I, you know, whatever shocker shocker is one of those characters that works in the context of a gang Mm -hmm. or robbing banks. Right. Uh, anything bigger than that, which he attempts here, and you're just kind of like, "Come on, dude, this is it. This isn't you. Yeah, uh, you are not equipped, both physically or mentally, uh, to handle this. This ain't. This isn't you." Uh, I, I think I would have enjoyed it more if they would have had that instead of a fight. Yeah, <laughs> like Peter shows up and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? No, 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 no." No, no, yeah. no. This isn't you, man. This yeah. isn't you. You know that. And Shocker's like, no, it is me. I'm... No, it is I'm me. I'm bad. I'm no. a bad guy. You're not this yeah, kind but of... Like, like, you are a bad guy, but you're not this kind of bad guy. You're a yeah. gun for hire. Or maybe a bank robber. Jewelry store. No. Like, not this. Yeah. There's Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah. And there's you. And, and you, that's okay. And that's like, you just gotta know who you be are. Be you. Be you. Okay? Don't try to be him. Be you. And then Shocker's like, well, okay, yeah, you're right. Alright, dude, <laughs> thanks. And then Spider-Man just fucking clocks him. And <laughs> <laughs> like, takes him, webs him up above in the street above, and uh, issue over. Like, that yeah. would have been, um, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Oh, well. We didn't get uh, that. Instead, Spider Spider Man realizes that the only way he can be doing this is to be cutting the lines in uh, underground. So he goes down into the sewer. Sure enough, Shocker's down there. They fight. Shocker collapses part of the uh, sewer tunnel and uh, knocks Spider Man out while he escapes. Uh, while Spider Man is out, the tunnel starts filling with water and uh that's where we leave it for this issue so then amazing spider-man number 152 inked by mike esposito and frank giacoya uh there is nothing we will not stretch into two issues um so he's in the sewer tunnel and he try he tries to uh as the as the water starts to sweep him away he tries to get to the next uh manhole and he makes it but then a huge wall of water washes him away he's able to hold his breath until it dumps him out into the river at which point he runs home uh puts on some clothes and goes back to the engagement party um but everybody's already left and uh mary jane left without him and uh so jameson's just like go the fuck home and uh peter's like um so the next day he tries to talk to her and she's not having it he winds up sitting at a table with flash and harry osborne it turns out harry is moving in with flash uh in his apartment um so hooray harry is being really weird here he's just being like 
it's really, you know, he's not cackling and making plans, but nor is he the old Harry. He's just kind of wishy-washy. Right. Um, I mean, he's very... He's a bit of a milk toast in these issues, you know? Um, so... Peter winds up finding out the shockers sent a message to the mayor demanding a million dollars and the mayor's just like fuck you and Peter's like oh wow okay um but he doesn't he never actually says where he's going to be striking so uh Spider-Man goes swinging from power station to power station and he goes to the one where he initially fought Shang-Chi uh once there he finds a guard that has been knocked out and propped up against a wall um that he wouldn't have even noticed if he didn't like take a second look at the guy so he heads inside and everything seems normal enough but then he finds shocker they fight some guards get involved it's a whole thing um I do like the way he stops Shocker here um, in that he Shocker is getting ready to he turns it up all he turns up his gauntlets all the way um, and then you know the buttons are there on the sides he is he starts firing at Spider-Man at which point Spider-Man webs his hands so that he can't take his thumbs off the buttons um, which blasts him around the room, uh, knocking him out and the gauntlets eventually give out. Um, he takes off the gauntlets, webs up shocker and takes off, you know, leaves his obligatory friendly neighborhood Spider-Man note and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that's that. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, then we get we get into the serpent crown which fuck me um all right avengers number 141 written by steve Englehart, penciled by george perez inked by vince coletta colored by janice cohen and lettered by tom orzakowski i will say hooray it's george perez on avengers um <coughs> of course this is perez at the beginning of his career and he's not quite there yet um not but, in some of these issues. Yeah, like some of can, these issues, it's a bit... Bleh, like in the beginning but. right here with Beast. So we start <laughs> with Beast running away from some goons. Or no, mm-hmm. he gets caught. Some goons catch up with him. And he fights them. Uh, looks They look like they're getting in the upper hand because there's like six of them against just Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cap comes out of nowhere... And they lay down the beat. They beat them down enough that they're just like, okay, bye. And the goons Mm -hmm. run away. Uh, Turns out Cap's been tracking these guys since some, for some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I mean is like beast in this art is not super great, but there's definitely potential. Well, but I mean, it's one of those things. So, this begins George Perez is on Avengers for basically the next five years. Nice. 
Um, and I remember when I started collecting Avengers, uh, Perez was doing the art. Uh, of course, you know, I'm two years too young to have even been alive when he was doing this run. Right. But I I started collecting some old issues of Avengers because I saw them in a comic shop and uh, it was him doing them. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, big deal uh, that he is that he is now on here. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we, we get this, we get this whole bromance kind of story between, uh, Beast and Cap where it's just like, it's good you happened along when you did. And Cap's like, yeah, I mean, I really kind of miss, uh, doing this shit and be, and Beast is like, oh, okay. You know, well, uh, I'm headed back. You could uh, come. Um, but yeah. So cut to really like four panels of Jarvis talking to some <coughs> mystery woman at, on the uh, steps of the mansion. He tells her that they're all at the hospital still waiting for Jan and Hank to quit being infirm uh <coughs> sorry we go to the hospital where hank pym is an asshole and can't just accept some fucking flowers because he's like i don't know about these flowers for me though and she's like it's, they were spares honey just who gives a shit <laughs> and he's like i don't know <coughs> Because he's me. like, if I find out who sent me these ex- this extra bouquet, I'll be out of this bed so damn fast. And it's like, yeah, I... <laughs> Scarlet Witch is like, I ordered them. I like having flowers around. They're actually for me. You dick. And he's like, I... Still. And then Cap yeah. comes in and helps. It doesn't help. Because on his on a cap's way out, he's like, "Yeah, but Frank or Hank, maybe get rid of the flowers, you poof." And it's like, "Dude, don't do that. This isn't cool. Yeah. None of this is okay." <clears throat> um, I take that back. I'm sorry. And he, which which part? <laughs> the part where I used to slur. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have done that. Um, even if I was making using making fun of the way that it was written. Um. Yeah. Anyway, everybody decides to go back to the mansion to figure out what the hell happened to Hawkeye. Um, isn't that right? Well, so, <clears throat> um, yeah they they leave and um, yeah they go back to the mansion. While they're talking about, because uh, Cap brings up the Roxxon oil situation, wherein he he was approached by the president of Roxxon to tell him where the Red Skull was hanging out. Um, at the time, he w- he says he was kind of focused on other things uh, and didn't have a chance to look into it. Um, but then 
these weird mercenaries showed up and dealt with the uh, the druid in his book. Right. And he's just kind of like, this needs to be looked into. Um, so while they're talking, Iron Man and Moondragon come back and they're like, hey, <clears throat> Hawkeye appears to be uh, lost. Uh, and... Uh, Gur King the Conqueror. So the group is like, okay, we need to deal with both of these. Let's figure out what's what. So Moondragon is just like, well, it should be Thor and I that go and deal with the Hawkeye situation because we're gods. Which, fuck you. Uh, also, but anyway. you're not... I don't remember you being deified. Like, well, she was raised on Titan, and so she's, of course, full of herself as a result. Um, sure. All right. But anyway, so uh, the rest of the team then goes to or decides they're going to go break into Brant and uh, try and find answers to the Roxxon situation. Suddenly, Patsy Walker comes in. She and Beast go in the other room. Uh to talk for a minute and she's like you know being pissy so they come back in and she's like beast is hank mccoy and they're like we know yes and she's like (laughs) oh well shit (laughs) and uh she's like well i still expect you to hold up your end of the promise because i did keep your secret um and beast is like you know what fine can you promise to stay out of the way and she's like no and he's like uh, okay and uh cap as they file out to go to Roxxon, uh cap grabs hank or yeah hank oh there's too many hanks and says uh he goes hey, this isn't a good idea like <laughs> at all you're like, not even he... a full member of the team yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't get to make these decisions. And he's like, look, I just... Sh- she'll get out of her hair. Sh- once she's- once shit starts to go down, she'll run. We'll back her up. And then she'll be gone. Don't worry. And he's like, um... Oh, oh no. That isn't what he says. No, because he throws... Uh, Bucky in his face. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, look, Patsy's got grit. She'll be fine. Uh, but I mean, anyway, didn't you used to take a 16 year old boy into war before? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. So they, uh, they leave and, uh, Thor and Moondragon go up to the roof. Uh, and she starts like, busting out the mental powers and apparently has a mortis on speed dial well she she starts reaching out and it's here we get a kind of a clue as to exactly how powerful her powers are because she does she reaches a mortis and a mortis is like what i was in the shower (laughs) and uh she's like hey king is up to his fuckery we need help finding Hawkeye and finding out what is going on with Kang. At which point Immortus is just like, oh, fine. So, um, they start moving back in time at which point 
Kang uh, attacks, but he blasts Thor, and Thor is just like, nope, and like absorbs the power with me on there, and then fires it back at him. And so Kang goes like flying off into time, and, and this uh, is all happening. Yeah, while they're in the time stream, they just have yeah. a they just have a full on fight in the middle of. <coughs> I don't. It feels like you shouldn't do it there, right? Yeah, glass Which houses. It's it's kind of weird because Kang has to use his time sphere at this point. Like, there's a whole thing about his time sphere later. So right. like whatever anyway so the the avengers uh the full the rest of the avengers roster we'll call them the avengers and then we'll talk about thor moon dragon and hawkeye yes whatever so the avengers go to the brand corporation uh but they are the brand corporation is alerted immediately and uh Hugh Jones from Roxxon is there as is Buzz Baxter, Patsy's now ex-husband. Um, and they're like, we gotta, or they're like, uh, send out the, uh, the security system. And so that's when the Squadron Supreme shows up. Um, I do like uh, that they, they have Golden Archer in here who said, so ostensibly he says he goes by hawkeye but to alleviate confusion he decides to steal hawkeye's name of golden archer from the time he helped cap whatever but i like it because they still refer to him as ga and uh which is what they call green arrow in the justice league comics so yeah i like Um, that but okay. uh so in this battle we have Lady Lark who is Black Canary, right. Wizard who's Flash, Doctor Spectrum who's Green Lantern, Golden Archer who's Green Arrow and Hyperion who is Superman. Uh the battle is joined uh at which point like um and I love the Avengers the, what the, the Squadron Supreme even though we're not the the Squadron Sinister like there's ostensibly these are good guys right yeah like they come from an earth we find out later they come from an earth where they are the heroes like they're the avengers of their planet of their earth mm-hmm. um and in a little sort of crosstown dig they're still sort of assholes like like i i i, I could appreciate that well the, in the way they the talk. Extent, the extent of the assholeness here is explainable. But, yeah. They uh, are generally pricks. <laughs> um, uh, everything is going fine um, until somebody forgets about Lady Lark and she just downs them all, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, she downs uh, Scarlet Witch, which that just cascades until they're all yeah because that distracts vision at which point he's taken out by dr spectrum wizard beats iron man beast is beaded by or we're both having trouble today beaten by hyperion and then cap and golden archer are fighting and lady lark takes him down so the avengers gather up the or the squadron supreme gather up the avengers 
and take them inside and Hugh Jones is like great uh, then we have Thor Moon Dragon and Immortus appearing in the uh, west um, and, and the, the last people pa- the last panel is just them looking at something and being like oh my god it can't be and I'm like is it God? Like I don't. Yeah. They're, they're, the way that they're reacting is like, it's, uh, I don't know, Jerry Lewis. Like this doesn't <laughs> like it just it shouldn't make sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. The the reveal here the reveal in the next issue which doesn't have a different creative team so we can go ahead and go into yeah, it. The, re- the next <laughs> issue is like starts. These people that it totally makes sense that they would be here. Well, right. It's it's not. It yeah, like you said, it's not. It's not like oh my god, android velociraptors. <laughs> yeah. Like it's flying. Oh my god! Sharks. It's the original Night Rider, which was Ghost Rider, uh, Two Gun Kid, Kid Colt, and Ringo Kid, and it's just like oh my god, famous cowboys in the place where cowboys live. What? Um, <laughs> what sort of shenanigans will happen next? Uh, the the cowboys attack, but then Thor is just like, nope, and like <laughs> calls down a thunderstorm. But then it's like, oh, you know Hawkeye? We know Hawkeye. Holy shit. And uh, I guess we're friends. Sorry about that. What with yeah. the shooting at you. Uh, yeah. And uh, so they head in, they head into town, um, and it turns out something's fucky. Uh, but they head into, they head into Two Gun Kids' secret identities office, uh, the offices of Attorney Matthew J. Hawk. But everybody apparently knows he's the Two Gun Kid, like. It's like how everybody jokes about that everybody in Gotham knows it's Bruce Wayne, but they're all just like, sure, man, we don't know who it could be. Um, But uh, (laughs) so they go in and Hawkeye's there and he's like, hey. Uh, And he explains that as he was traveling, because he had gone back in time to find the Black Knight and bring him back to the present. While doing so, he was attacked by Kang and he wound up diverted to the 1800s. Um, he headed to the town of Tombstone. It is invaded by Kang, uh, who has built this fucking castle. Um, so Hawkeye takes off parts of his costume. So now he's just wearing spandex from the waist down and like the, the strap that holds his quiver. Um, so everybody's just like, everyone assumes he's like, they keep calling him Indian and yeah. Um, And that's the thing that's so weird is he actually says, I slipped, I slipped out of parts of my costume so that I wouldn't draw as much attention. And it's like, dude, you're half naked at night with a bow and arrow. In and weird ass like boots for the time, a blonde white guy. Like, yeah, you're gonna draw attention just for like the you are wearing a color, man. Eighteen seventy eighteen seventeen or whatever this is supposed to be seventy six. I think like you, yeah, no, 
There ain't a yeah, lot of that this around. Is, this, is, this is like uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and it's like, who's that? I don't know. <laughs> must be a king. Why do you say that? He hasn't got shit on him. <laughs> yeah. And this would be this would be much the same. It's like, oh, look, a dude who's wearing cle- clean clothes that are, like, brightly colored. Like, it's a rich dude who was raised by the Apache or something. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah, but, um, and he also, like, walks by the the attorney's office and he's like and i remember my history and i'm like i don't what the fuck are we talking about yeah because i it's i just assume at that point i was just assuming that this must be a callback to one of the characters from silver age ish or golden yeah uh because when they were when they were doing western comics they they had two gun kid and all of these other assholes um but so he uh he heads in and talks to two gun kid and that kind of brings us up to date immortus is just like uh yes it must be that uh in order to attempt to conquer the 20th century he wants to uh he wants to uh conquer the 19th and thus yeah but here's the thing like now the now that the celestial madonna thing has passed i guess my question has to be what's so fucking great about the 20th century like why specifically that because there's a whole lot of crazy we've seen various futures down the way and there's a lot of crazy shit out there so like he wanted to take but, like, his whole thing was he wanted to take control of some century before the 24th or 30th, wherever he's from, that because they were mad at him in his original time, and he was thinking they were all dicks. Like, right, but there's still, like, several centuries between... <laughs> whatever. Try to, uh, Kang has never made much sense to me, and I'm not going to sit here and debate him. No. Yeah. So the Avengers, the back on back uh, in our time, the Avengers are in a cage constructed by Doc Spectrum, and uh, the Hugh Jones is like, ha 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 ha, fuck you, and Buzz Baxter is just like, ha, my ex-wife is in a cage where she belongs, and. Uh, whatever leans out and is like you're a dickhead i'm glad i divorced you and he's like yeah baby but i'm out here and she's like oh man i thought this superhero and things a lot harder i thought you just had to yell at him yeah beast is like no (laughs) like we have to punch and shit (laughs) but the what's pretty cool here is as soon as they leave the room cap's like okay vision come here and vision's like what i can't phase through this and cap's like yet (laughs) but he holds up he holds up his shield that's uh, after the train robbery okay my bad yeah i mean it doesn't matter we can go we can do back and forth uh no it's fine uh well because it's in the next issue you're right my bad okay so So, anyway cut back to the past and uh they figure out that the cowboys all figure out some or kang is looking to steal 
hire some goons to steal uranium that's going to be on a train. Which, again, makes no sense. Because he has the superior firepower. He could just go and take the train. There's the, he he's probably has a, a ray that he could just levitate the fucking train. He has he's and it's it's not like he's keeping his presence a secret. No. He's built a citadel <laughs> in the town of Tombstone. Like it's not like he's going incognito here. He could just be like, ha ha ha, I'm the world's first supervillain. Fuck all of you. The train is mine now, and then go build a nuke. Um but, but that lacks gravitas maybe i don't know so he he they figure out that he's gonna breaking hire bad was on that some... weekend and he was just like you know what i fuck i need to steal the uranium but i don't want to do it myself i want to i want to avoid spoilers i <sighs> why did i choose breaking bad i don't know he's a time traveler who gives a shit um, but he, so Thor and Moondragon are like, well, let's go kick his ass. And Hawkeye's like, okay, Thunder God, let's, uh, chill. Um, yeah. we kind of want to catch him in the act, which again, why? Uh, and he's like, so I have an idea and we cut to the train where it, we find out that, uh, our, our cowboy based heroes are waiting in the wings for the, the bandits to attack. And we put our pa- all powerful godlings into the train in disguise, which yeah. I guess is just in case shit goes all the way south. Yeah. Um, the bandits attack. Everybody has a real good time, um, thwarting a train robbery, which on I make fun only kind of to move us along but it is actually i would i would i would enjoy the shit out of that i'd be like yeah (laughs) 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 but yeah no there it it is kind of a fun uh sequence here where all the cowboys uh you can tell who wrote this uh that was uh steve engelhart you can tell engelhart's having a good time writing cowboy comics Um, yeah and and he was also he enjoyed being able to sideline the superhero and be like, you you two's just sit. I'm going to have fun now. Well, and I, the thing I, the thing I like about it is it is, it is something you don't see in superhero comics as a general rule. No. Where somebody's just like, ah, that would be like, I'm not bringing a nuke to a gunfight, man. Let's, uh, Let's have you sit this one out in, and you come in only if we get into trouble and we'll deal with the, yeah. yeah these are regular ass, like Hawkeye actually is pretty cool here because he's just like, these are regular ass dudes. Like they don't need their shit exploded because <laughs> they, uh, they found out Norse gods are real and then you put a lightning bolt through them. Let's just Not, o- not only that, chill. these are regular ass dudes from 1873. Yeah. Like yeah. their worldview is, world is troubled enough by the dude in purple spandex. They don't need like, oh... A dude who has a hammer and can control the weather and is a fucking god. Um, no, no. Yeah, no. And I also like that he, he figures out a good way of like keeping them in the train too, mm. because Moon Dragon's like, "Hey, let's 
they look like they're having fun. Can we go have fun? And he's like, no. I mean, he said that we should stay here only if we needed, and I think it would be unhonorable for us to, you know, enter the fracas at this point. It's like, that's a very Thor standpoint. Um, Anyway, everybody has fun with their gunfight, or with their thwarting their train heist. Uh, People jump off of horses, onto other horses, onto other people on horses. Look, man, I'm not going to run down the beat by beat of this. Knight Rider scares the dude in a cave. It's good fun all around. Also, I can't keep track of all the kids. Like, I I literally had no idea who, who was who. Uh, well, I know. So well, Ra they kept changing kid. who they kept changing who was wearing a mask and who wasn't. Yeah, because Two Gun Kid wears a mask until he doesn't anymore in this. But uh, Rawhide Kid, you can tell because he has the coat that closes over the side. Sure, you know, like right. the the Civil War type coat. Right. Two Gun Kid has the cow print vest. Okay. Knight Rider is Knight Rider the one easy. dressed like a ghost, and Ringo Kid is the other one. Ringo Kid is the blonde one. <laughs> um, f- they subdue all their cowboys and uh, or bandits and uh, shoot a signal flare into the air. Um, Thor and Moon Dragon go and join them, and it's time to plan our assault on Castle Kang. Yeah. So, uh, let's take a break and we'll be back in a moment with more cowboy fun times and this other stuff. Alright. Back. We're gonna plow through some Avengers. Yeah. Uh, Avengers 143 is inked by Sam Granger and colored by George Russo's uh we start in uh 1873 they've all disguised themselves and are making their way into king's base king is ready for them uh what nothing go ahead uh and when they come in uh he appears on a giant screen because he's uh an over-the-top drama queen and uh He's like, haha, I knew you would come here, and I'd hope to get revenge on the entire team of Avengers, but whatever. I'll do or I'll take care of you. Um And so he attacks them with some shit. One of the things is like a a coyote that he's been fucking around with, like and so now it's this horror. Uh, in the present, so yeah, this is what I was saying before. Cap's like, Vision, come over here. And Vision's like, I can't phase through. And Cap's like, I know, but. So he puts his shield up against the bars of the energy cage. And Vision phases through that, which allows him to escape, at which point he gets out and uh, he is able to free them. Uh, we switch back to cowboy times when uh he's uh kang is like enjoying watching the uh (laughs) the uh coyote attack them uh and he's just like wait a minute where's the bearded one 
and suddenly the bearded one appears behind him, takes off the beard and stamps his uh, his walking stick on the ground and, oh shit, it's Thor! Um, and so we switch back and forth between the battle against the coyote and Thor. And so the coyote thing, uh, they're all doing the best they can. Two-gun kid is grabbed and like loses his shit right as he's about to be eaten. <laughs> Um, and Moondragon is ultimately able to down it with her, uh, mental abilities. Great. Cool. Whatever. As um, soon as Two-Gun Tid gets up to, Hawkeye's like, um, hey bud, you alright? And he's like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, are you sure? Because you Concerned don't. Concern it, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, he's like, you sure you're not used to things like um, any of this? And he's like, you know what? I told you I'm fine. And he goes, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I, um, I'm sure so this then, will never be a problem. The best part of this is <clears throat> Kang. Uh, Kang is like fighting Thor. And Thor, like, hits him. And King's like, Haha, you seem to have forgotten my personal force field. And Thor is like, Have I? At which point, he, wham, just, like, knocks him and sends him flying out of the citadel and into the town. Um, which is just like one of the best moments this week. It's just like, oh yeah, he is he is like, ha ha, you can't do shit. And Thor's like, okay, and I does. may not be able to hurt you, but I can move your ass. And yeah, so it's, it's rad. Yeah, it's literally it's just like ha, personal force field. And then the next panel is Kang flying out of the fortress. Um, so. Thor touches down in the town and continues to battle Kang. Kang pulls out this big beam weapon that he starts just blasting Thor with. Thor is able to stand up against it and Kang keeps pushing it and pushing it until it overloads. And it seems like Kang is destroyed. Right. Uh, he's not. It's bullshit, but whatever. So, uh... Well, and so Moon Dragon calls. I guess Immortus went back to his pocket t- dimension and was like, "So Moon Dragon, after they kind of regroup and Thor tells him what happened, um, Moon Dragon calls out to Immortus and is like, "Hey, what the, what the hell?" And he's like, "She's like, I thought you said because of you and Amun Ra and like." all of this stuff that like we like we couldn't kill him because he was going to become you and Amortis is like well nope and fizzles out of existence um yeah. which is kind of cool uh like if this would have been just the end of Kang and we were never going to see his ass again um having like figured out that Amortis isn't a bad guy like Amortis just is Amortis and that, and learning that Amon Ra actually like, want, decided he wanted to be a good person instead, like use his time traveling shit for uh, like just accruing knowledge and not being an asshole, 
um like to have those two characters just it sort of sucks but at the same time uh Amortis seems like he's cool with it so that's neat uh, yeah it's a it's an okay ending um, yeah and it would have been <laughs> yeah uh, uh you know comics got a comics yeah uh so avengers 144 is inked by mike esposito colored by petra goldberg and lettered by denise wall um so the avengers are making their way through the uh through the brand corporation but then brand starts firing missiles at them inside their own complex and a bunch of them then are sent like shooting out of the building uh and so there's this elderly couple that are just like oh my god that what is what are they doing and call the cops um and actually i like the way that our our heroes here like deal with the the missiles one of the one of them is Scarlet Witch, whose powers are a little all over the place, but like let's not worry about it. Um, her power right now is she can do just about anything, and mm-hmm. that's kind of not as much fun, but okay. The cool thing she does do with her powers is like they're on this platform that's being held up by some girders, and she deforms the girders to drop them below the path of the missile and then everybody mm-hmm. takes a missile and either destroys it or redirects it or whatever um that part's cool mm-hmm. um at one point everybody's falling through the air everybody that yeah everybody iron man so vision catches himself uh iron man Beast catches Scarlet Witch, Cap catches Patsy, and does a pretty cool maneuver to throw his shield down, like bounce it off some stuff, throw it down so that it'll land underneath them, spring them up into the air, and then then they, I guess he didn't have a plan, he was just hoping, <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point, because Tony comes across and uh, grabs them out of the air by the wrists and goes and lands somewhere else. Um, and returns but, his shield to him. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's essentially split up. So now we've got Cap and Iron Man with Patsy, Beast, Scarlet Witch, and Vision. Yeah. Uh, and Cap and Iron Man start heading off, like, they just need to get out of sight a second so they head off into a storage warehouse where uh they find the cat suit the the costume of the cat and which i guess brand had made like we knew back in the in the cat books that donald bain had a bunch of suits made um and i think her grandmother like scientist friend uh had tried to destroy most of them but i don't think she clearly she didn't succeed in destroying Mm -hmm. all the cat suits uh patsy patsy's like great cool um i'm gonna put this on and be an avenger and uh 
Cap and Iron Man are like, uh, no, like, no. Well, so this is, this is really weird because at first they see the costume and Cap and Iron Man are like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And then Patsy's like for it. And they're like, oh shit, no, no, don't do it. And, uh, so she's like, fuck you, I'm doing it. So she puts on the costume and she becomes Hellcat. Um, at this point, they're rejoined by the other three members of the team, um, but the Squadron Supreme attacks. And so they all line, you know, line up and do their thing. Um, but then the police who are called, who were called by this elderly couple, show up and uh, Baxter's just like, fuck, uh, the cops are here. And Jones is like, it's fine. We just have to get rid of the evidence. So he presses a button and the Avengers and the Squadron Supreme are flushed into (laughs) the Squadron Supreme's Earth. Yeah, Um, and we also get a real short aside in this issue about Hawkeye quitting the Avengers again. Or leaving the Avengers. Like, he's very careful with his words. And uh, Two-Gun Kid has decided to go to his the future with them. Which, yeah. again, that's a bad idea. But all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. now now that we've left it at that point, the book is like, you have had way too much excitement. Let's break it up. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, a, it's a filler story because they were a bit behind, which happens. Uh, so Avengers 145 is written by Tony Isabella and Scott Edelman, penciled by Don Heck, inked by John Tartaglioni, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by Dave Hunt. So this this person, the assassin, is approached by a dude. And uh, this dude has been hired by a bunch of the Avengers' former enemies to kill the event to find someone to kill the avengers the assassins like okay i th- i think i could do that i think i could do that uh, i should be i should be ready to carry it out in about a year and the guys like a year and the assassins like look man that's how long it's going to take to get ready for this they either agree to my terms or they don't and it's settled so then and he's also offering a billion dollars and and paid expenses up to an additional billion yeah damn in 1970s money that's a shitload of money oh Uh, fuck yeah that's that's a small country uh that that's a (laughs) medium-sized country i feel like i feel like you could maybe buy a small country with a billion dollars now uh this is like this is like buying a medium-sized country that's maybe fell on some hard times like yeah yeah uh so the year passes between panels and uh captain america stops a a robbery um by some guys who were wearing captain america masks uh they fight and it turns out that these guys are working for the assassin and so Cap goes after one of them, uh, who leads him into position, uh, 
at which point the assassin shows up and shoots Cap with this weapon. Uh, Cap is seemingly killed, uh, but when uh, one of the goons is says something about it, he, uh, the assassin's like, he's not dead yet, but uh, he will be soon, and that's what we need. So... It turns out then that like this resident who lives like right off the alley uh, has been paid a ton of money to call the police and report Captain America's death. Um, we find out that the assassin, the assassin, not only poisoned uh, the money that he paid to the old lady, but he also poisoned the inside of the masks for the goons. Yeah. So he's like not fucking around when it comes to cleaning up his tracks. Well, and plus it's less money you have to pay. Um, sure. But uh, so Cap is taken to the hospital. The rest of the Avengers show up. Um, and Iron Man and Thor are talking about, you know, you know who we really need is Donald Blake and... Uh, Thor's like, I agree, but what happens if people see me leaving and they think that's the opportune time to attack? So he and Iron Man, <laughs> to fix this, he and Iron Man fly off in full view of everyone. Uh, and Hawkeye uh, has arrived back, uh, you know, has arrived back along with Thor and Moondragon. He's walking to the hospital goes inside, heads to Cap's room, uh, and he, as he's walking, trying to find the place, he happens across two dudes. Uh, well, he gets lost. Yeah, he's so wrapped up in his thoughts, he's like, wait, shit, I took a wrong turn. Yeah. Uh, and they, he fights them, um, but they manage to escape, and yeah. there's gas and whatever. Um, he gets to the room, and Beast is there along with Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, Hawkeye's like, hey, I'm here now. I can take the watch. You guys get some rest. Vision's like, I don't need sleep. And Hawkeye's like, my man, let's do this. Uh, and uh, You could have just as easily been like, that's creepy, but let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they both think about like how important Captain America is to them. Hawkeye's thinking about, like, I wouldn't be the man I am now without Cap. Uh, Vision is thinking about, like, everybody else looked at me as not human. Cap is the only one who's ever treated me like a man. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So, but, you know, the assassin is not done with them. The assassin is has plans. Whatever. Uh, Avengers number 146. I will say these issues... Don Heck does a really good job with these. Yeah. I like the art in them. Uh, uh -huh. But yeah. Uh, so Avengers 146 is uh, written by Tony Isabella, penciled by Don Heck and Ron Wilson, and colored by Petra Goldberg. Um, so a bunch of the Avengers, including Falcon are back at the mansion waiting for news. Um, Donald Blake, meanwhile, arrives. Um, 
and Iron Man brings a Thor LMD so that nobody will realize Thor's not there. Um, How did they get the Thor LMD there? I was just wondering, like, did Iron Man create an LMD that can fly? I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I sure. would I would think the very least you would need a Thor LMD to do is fly, even if it couldn't do all the other Thor stuff. So I would imagine that Thor changed to Donald Blake and then Iron Man and Thor flew him to the hospital. Ah, all right. That works. Yeah. Um, Still doesn't do as much as I think they think it does to, like, <laughs> decouple Blake and Thor. Yeah, but yeah, I mean this is this is the Superman robot problem. It's yeah. like, yeah, uh, so everybody's standing around waiting for news from the surgery. I guess they're they're outside the operating room, and yeah. it is Hawkeye, Vision, and Iron Tony, Man. Iron Man, and the and the Thor LMD. Uh, a nurse comes up and is like, hey, boys, since you're waiting, do you want some coffee? I even remembered a straw for you, Iron Man. And he's like, hey, okay, cool, thanks. And yeah. Vision's like, I do not require coffee. Dude, just drink it. Like, be normal. Like, just chill. Uh, they all drink the coffee, some start to feel weird, some goons show up and attack. Um, this is phase three or something of the assassin's plan. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye goes down fairly quickly. Vision is holding his own, but they're getting attacked from both sides. Tony is trying to maintain consciousness, but eventually somebody they hit him with some gas and he goes down as well. Yeah. Uh, the LMD, meanwhile, they're like, well, fuck, Thor's still here, but all we gotta do is, like, distract him trying to give him to the basement where we can hit him with some voltage they fire the lmd just goes down and yeah they're like oh uh, <laughs> they're, they're like that was way easier uh <laughs> meanwhile uh blake is in the operating room and they're like oh shit outside it's bad and blake's like yeah but i can't turn into thor because he'll go join the fight and I really need to get this operation taken care of. Yeah. Um, Vision eventually gets... A th- the assassin puts something on Vision's ba- back that immobilizes him and doesn't let him control his density anymore. The plan is to... Or, and then Assassin tells all of his goons to go back to the mansion where he's got other guys waiting to destroy everybody that's in the mansion. So right. he, he sends them off because he figures it's just a... I'm the assassin and it's just a operating theater full of people. I'll go murder all of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he turn, He goes in... He does, he, does, he does say that the drug... So the drug that a Hawkeye and Iron Man have been dosed with is going to kill them as soon as it reaches their hearts. Vision is going to die. Um, because... The device not only uh, inhibits his motor control, but is slowly draining the solar power that fuels him. So he'll be rendered inert soon. And uh, so, yeah, that's I only mention that because it's 
important in a minute. So yeah. Uh, Assassin goes to open the door, and as he does, a some sort of restricting arrow comes out of nowhere, pinning his gun hand to the door, um, and, oh shit, they're not dead. Um, nobody's dead. Hawkeye, Iron Man, and Vision are all fine. Turns out, Hawkeye's not a heavy drinker, apparently, and he, as soon as the poison hit his stomach, he just yacked it back up. Um... <laughs> And from that, he, uh, like, it turns out his constitution, like, he says out loud, Tony says out loud that his constitution isn't much better than Hawkeye's, but he's actually just straight lying because the poison got to his heart, but it didn't do anything because he's got a synthetic heart from eons ago. Uh, Vision, once they both got up, they just grabbed, you know, yanked the thing off of vision's back and he ended up stands back up okay cool we're gonna kick your ass you're all alone um he kind of gets the drop on hawkeye assassin gets the drop on hawkeye he's got a gun to his head and he's making everybody else stand still blake bumbles out of the i don't know if he does it on purpose or not but slaps the door to the operating theater and into assassin's back he loses his gun um Iron Man attacks. Iron Man blasts him. The, the mask and most of the armor gets shredded away. And we find out, oh no, it was the nurse that uh, gave him the poison earlier. Yeah. And she proceeds to berate their shocked faces because she's a woman. And yeah. Yada, yada, um, yada. Like, she, she throws down a gas bomb and escapes. Uh... <laughs> But and this is this, this is, is the best hilarious. This is the best uh, hoisted by your own petard <laughs> moment. She goes running up to her troops and she's like, "Hey, hey!" And they're like, "Oh shit! Somebody spotted us. No loose ends." And they gun her down. <laughs> and uh, so Cap is Cap is is saved because he had been affected by this radiation, whatever. But he saved um, this. Then there's this epilogue that's really not set up very well, because I feel like if they if they had introduced Angelo in the very beginning of this story, then maybe this would have worked. Like I was trying to figure out, how. Okay, how do you do this reveal? And I was like, if they'd introduced Angelo with the employer uh, in the very first scene, then at the very least, Angelo would have been set up. And if he, if as they were walking away, Angelo was just like, this is a really bad idea. I do not like this. You know, we wouldn't know why. And then we would know why when this then happens. But it turns out the, the guy who hired the assassin has a son. And he also had a daughter who was the assassin. And so Angelo is angry that their dad got his sister killed. The dad shoots the son and then kills himself. So. Okay. Sure. I mean, so then, it's like, it's very. They try to make some Shakespearean allusions here at the very end of this. And it's like. 
I don't know how successful it is. It's it's not earned. It's no. it's tacked on at the very end. And like I said, I think it's something that if they made even a token attempt to do, could have worked a bit better. Right. But yeah, it's just it's awful the way it is. It's like this dude shows up that we don't know who is mad at a guy who was in one scene over all of this. Like, no. Um, so anyway, uh, we've finally come back to the point of all of this. Uh, Avengers number 147, written by Steve Englehart, penciled by George Perez, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Patrick Goldberg, and lettered by Denise Wall. Um, we're on the squadron's Earth, uh, and the sudden appearance of the Avengers in the Squadron Supreme brings out the military. The squadron is, you know, clearly good with them. Uh, and then, like, out of nowhere, the president shows up, and uh, it's Nelson Rockefeller. Um, and uh, he's wearing the serpent crown. Um, he, uh, it's at this point that Cap realizes kind of what's happening. Um, so Vision uses his powers, uh, to disappear and get close to Rockefeller. He takes the crown, throws it to Wanda, um, who then does the whole, like, I'll blow it up. I don't even give a shit as they like back away. Um, Rockefeller's just like, no, don't hurt them. You might hit the crown. Um, so Rockefeller telepathically contacts Hugh Jones because everyone who's controlled by the crown is telepathically linked, except all of the other times where they're not. Right. Um, <laughs> This is why I hate... This is one of the many reasons why I hate the crown is because it's like... A, it looks dumb. It does. It, it, just, it, it just looks... It looks like a pile of snakes, guys. It's just dumb looking. It, and the, the shape of it is kind of like uh, Gary Oldman's hair in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. It's like that poof out and then in... The, like you've got a half a heart on top of your head. Mm-hmm. And um, then B, the rules are all over the place. Um, yeah. If, and it's one of those, if you just stick to one set of rules, I, I wouldn't give a shit. Like, this would, it would still be a terrible thing, but I wouldn't be as irritated about it. Yeah. Uh, so they all hightail it. That's, a, that's the thing I say about time travel in movies or magic in Harry Potter. Establish your rules. I'll go with whatever you say. Like, but fucking stick to it whatever yeah. you say the rules are those are the rules right so um so they're walking away uh, well except iron man and thor or iron man and vision are flying and everybody's like hey is that a good idea and it's like it, they're gonna find us like yeah we, we don't care uh wanda is musing the power of the crown and eventually it starts to affect her uh, Hellcat, <laughs> and meanwhile, Hellcat, Beast, and Iron Man are just, or Beast and Cap, Cap. are just, like, walking away. Yeah, they're uh, so wrapped up in their conversation, they don't know, even notice her go down or hear, like, the crown hit the sidewalk or anything. Um, Vision does. 
he comes down and is like, uh, hey, babe, uh, you look a little, you don't look so great. You maybe want to let, maybe it was a bad idea for me to give you the crown. Like, maybe I'll, I should hold on to it because I'm, you know, an android. And she's like, yeah. fuck you. I never loved you. You never loved me. All of our lives are a lie. And he, he's like, okay, pretty sure you don't mean any of that. So, uh, I'm really going to have to ask you to give me the crown. And she's like, bye! And she just takes off running. And he's like, I... She runs straight into Hyperion. (laughs) uh, Lady Lark. Golden Golden Archer and Lady Lark. Uh, And Hyperion grabs her uh, and Vision gets... Mm pissed loses he, it like this panel of him going unhand her hyperion now is just oh yeah he scares the shit out of me like <laughs> yeah. like there there have been we i think we've talked about it more often than not is like vision is vision is like a perfectly affable sort of almost background cold. noise cold, well, yeah but he's like, controlled until he's not and then he scares the ever-living crap out of me like yeah. every time he loses his shit it's like oh no um yeah and this is hyperion who in exiles is a guy who literally slaughters any an entire alien race and yeah. um vision takes him to a standstill this is yeah awesome yeah Uh, i mean like i it's it's one of those things it's always you know uh who would win in a battle well whoever the writers need to win right but but like if you're wondering if if vision could fight superman yes yes he could um but uh he's eventually he is eventually beaten um but uh or at least to begin with um but then like um he takes down golden archer and hyperion uh lady lark is about to do her thing when she gets whammed from behind by scarlet witch who's just like uh our love overcame the crown's influence and visions like I will take it off your hands and I will carry the burden for you and if uh, if it starts to affect me love will save me too yep which it might not I mean yeah, you yeah. know it's it's hard to say like I'm not down on love I'm just saying like you can't say that for certain but whatever um my cold analytical brain tells me that or my cold analytical android brain tells me that love will win out um it's um i i realized we earlier i had said that they're uh the the um peter mary jane relationship but like this one's good too yeah this one is good and it makes sense and i like it so yeah i yeah I like it better now than I did when it first started happening. Because when it first started happening, I was just like, eh. Like, yeah, you guys are making this way bigger, way bigger a deal than I think you think it is. 
or yeah. than I think it is. And then, but now I, when it's a little more organic, like things like this, or um, damn, when she was losing his shit, or when she was losing her shit because he was hurt, um, yeah. like those are good moments. Yeah. But anyway, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Top Five. Okay. Top Five. Alright. So, for me, number five, I'm going to go with The Monster Has His Feelings Hurt. Because, (laughs) even though that's a little mean, like, just not only the the fact that it happens twice in the issue, first... He's like, well, no, I could be sneaky. Screw you guys. I'm coming anyway. And you won't even find me. I'm so sneaky, you won't even hear me coming. Um, and then number two at the end, when thumb, he's just like... Thumb, thumb. <laughs> and then number two at the end, when he's just like... Or at, at the end, when he's like... Uh, guys, I'm right here. I'm, I'm right here. I don't even know you. Like, yeah. damn. Alright. And he stomps yeah. off into the into the woods uh number four is thor blasting kang through a wall because fuck yes like not only was it cool as shit but like it needed to happen i was glad oh yeah um yeah uh number three like i know this is probably too vague but i actually like the i like the peter mary jane relationship a lot more than i thought i was going to even though in these issues that we read this week it was a little confusing um, I was I was just struck by the fact that I cared about that relationship more than right. I thought I would. Uh, number four, no, that was three. Number two is a uh, vision takes Hyperion to a standstill because yeah. fuck yes, it's way too cool when he loses his temper. It's terrifying. Um, and then number one, uh, bit of a cop out, but Black Goliath number five entirely. Because the story yeah. was super weird, but, like, super human. Like, it felt really good. I liked every... I liked all of the characters in it. Um, God, I just enjoyed the shit out of that. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's my whole thing. All right, I'm done. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, number five, I gotta go with... Man, can you imagine being a monster? What a fucking suck fest that would be. I would kill myself. <laughs> guys. guys. Uh, number four is we uh, the assassin. Do what? I thought we were friends. Yeah. Number four is the assassin gets gunned down by her own men. Right. Uh, number three is... That moment when Spider-Man first wakes up uh, and he and the clone are both saying the exact same thing. Like, it's a it's a really great moment where you're just like, shit, which is it? Like, yeah. Um, uh, number two is Black Goliath, number five. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one is uh, Thor knocking Kang straight out of the building. Not only... So not only is it great... Number one, it's a future building. Like this isn't this isn't some ramshackle shack in eighteen seventy three. This is 
this is future tech. I think he said 41st century. Yeah. So, like, metals we've never even heard of. And Kang just plowed through a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I doubt, oh, yeah, that's I the, doubt other thing. the room we, like, he we, was in. We don't know they were on, they were at, near an exterior wall. Right. right. They could have been deep in the heart of the citadel and Kang or and Thor blasted him through like several levels and the outer and the exterior. That wall. makes more sense. Yeah. Like if you, if I were Kang, I would not be near an exterior wall because that's where they could come in. Right. Like I would be deep inside, probably even underground <laughs> and like, boom, just straight out. Fuck yes. Um so yeah, so that is it. Uh, join us next week. We've got uh, some. Uh, we've got the wrap up of the Serpent Crown story. Some Inhumans, Marvel team up, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, and Two in One. So, who knows how that'll turn yeah. out? Um, if nothing else, it'll be fun to fun to laugh at. Uh, if um, nothing else, the Serpent Crown will be gone. Well, that too. Yay. Yay. Butt-shaped hat. Until it comes um, back. <laughs> do what? Until it comes back again. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, in the meantime, uh, follow us on both individually and at Watcher's Guide MU on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. Email us at watchersguide@gmail.com. Or visit our website at watchersguide@gmail.com, which I swear I'm going to update. Uh, <laughs> oops. Um, so that is it for us. Have a marvelous week. Bye.